Alright, welcome back to Rockstar 101. His name is Brandon, he's the DJ. His name is Shim, he's the Rockstar. Class is in session, and as you will notice, the next episode of Rockstar 101, it's going to be a little bit different, or it's going to sound odd, because Shim and I just had to uh, flip-flop some things around because we ended up going on a tangent, but we intended to get to talking <laughs> about that. Avengers Endgame, and we didn't talk about it at all. So the, the, <laughs> basically the recording timeline was a little mixed up here, but for this episode, we're talking Avengers Endgame and lots of stuff because technically... You down, you know, being down in Australia, you got to see the movie before us here in the States. It was released a couple of days earlier down there. I think it was. And I think I did see it the day it came out. Just by fluke luck, uh, my wife and I were doing our date night and it was on the night that the movie came out. And we were like, oh, and we and it was mostly sold out. And we found a cinema that wasn't sold out yet. And we went and saw it. And, you know, we saw the nine o'clock session, took us till midnight. And I swear, dude, I have never seen a movie that was three hours long that didn't feel like it at all. I know. It flies right by, right? I wanted to watch it again. The, mo the moment I finished it, I was like, I could watch that whole thing again right now. Yep. It was so fucking good. And that's exactly how I felt. So where do we begin? <clears throat> so you were saying, so where do you, 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 you start, you start. Like, what do you think? You start and I'll chime in because otherwise I'll ramble and we, we'll get on a ramble fest again. Okay. So, um... I've put up a couple of blogs for the morning show that I work for. I've done a couple of Avengers blogs. If you want to check them out, uh, our website, it's buzzadamsshow.com. And you can check out these blogs I put in there. If you just type in Avengers in the search bar, they should pop right up. But the first one that I did was things that you probably missed in Avengers Endgame. Because there's some things in there... Um, that maybe not a lot of people miss. Now, if you're a true diehard fan, if you read the comic books and if you're you know, a true nerd you're going to know about this stuff, or at least you probably should know about this stuff. But one of the first things was, if you notice New Asgard, when the Hulk and Rocket Raccoon are showing up to go get Thor, yeah, it's located in Tonsberg, Norway. That's what the sign says, is they're traveling forward. And basically, that's a callback to some of the previous Thor movies, because that was where, it was the Earth-based battleground for Odin's war against the Frost Giants was at that location in Norway. And it's also where the Red Skull first found the Tesseract. And it's also where we found out that Thor doesn't have a Wi-Fi password and that kid that's online that goes by the name <laughs> of Nukemaster69 is Cullen Korg a dickhead again, which that scene, I was in stitches when they first walk into that room and Korg is sitting there <laughs> and he goes, Thor, that kid on the TV called me a dickhead again. And then Thor grabs the headset and he's like, he's like, I'm going to rip off your arms and stuff them up your butt. He's like, yes, the God of Thunder. Oh, go cry to daddy. Man, that scene right there absolutely had me in stitches. It was hilarious. I can't believe, I, I I couldn't believe that they got through an entire Avengers movie without showing Chris Hemsworth without his shirt off looking ripped. They doubled down and made him a fat fucking giant. Like, he was fat the whole movie. I thought there was going to be some moment at the end battle where, like, he turns into Thor, some thunder comes around and lightning, and then suddenly he's ripped again. They were like, no, nope, he's going to be fat for the whole movie. I was like, that's dope. That's really kind of cool because you just expect now for the shirt off scene with Chris Hemsworth, the fact that they went the other direction, I was like, this is going to be a great movie. I expected the same thing. I was expecting in the end fight scene when he gets uh, both Mjolnir and Stormbreaker and he's got the lightning and you know, like all of a sudden, like it braided his, uh, his beard and it put his hair kind of up a little bit. I was expecting them to change him to like fully ripped Thor and they did. Now it's not. It's not. You know. It's not completely obvious because he's still got his clothes on. But you can kind of tell. Like he's yeah. still the portly looking Thor right there. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Did we just just a, a setback? Did we give a spoiler alert at the top of this podcast? Uh no. <laughs> Maybe spoiler. we need to spoiler alert. We'll just spoiler alert. Okay. Spoiler alert. Okay. So, all right. Well, maybe we'll. Okay. Anyway, uh, maybe we'll edit one in. Um, but see, here's the, okay. But here's the thing. And actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. 
Because at this point, I mean, people are going to know that we're talking about Avengers Endgame in this podcast. I mean, it's going to be in the title yeah. of it. And also... If you haven't seen it, you should know to turn it off. Well, and it's also, it's one of those things, too, that when it comes to uh, the Russo brothers, they're the ones who directed, uh, they've, they've actually directed multiple games. And this is going to bring me to one of the next uh, topics here of things that you may have missed, is they have said that by the second Monday after the movie is released, which would be May 6th, it's at that point you can start talking about the movie as much as you want because that's giving people two full weekends to see the movie. And if you haven't seen it after the first two weekends, are you really that concerned about spoilers? Because if you are, you would have seen it one of those first two weekends. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah, I totally agree. At that point, I'm perfectly fine with it. So coming coming, coming back to something, I've got a question for you. Yeah. How did you feel about the fact that Captain America can wield the hammer at the end of the movie? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And okay. they teased that back to back during Age of Ultron. Did they? Oh, yeah, when they said you are not worthy. So what they did in Age of Ultron, it's when they're all kind of hanging out. It was after a battle. It's all of the Avengers. And Thor yeah. is telling them about how you're not worthy. You can't lift the hammer. And so everybody's there. You know, uh, Tony Stark tries to grab it. He can't. So he goes and gets an Iron Man glove with jet pack on it. Can't pick it up. Then uh, uh, War Machine comes over. And then they're both pulling on it. Neither of them are able to do it. And then all of a sudden, when Captain America does it, it budges ever so slightly. Right. And the way that that scene is shot, it, you can see Thor in the background and he has this oh shit look on his face like he just moved it, yeah. which is unheard of. So they teased that long ago, uh, which I thought was really cool that they brought it up. And that was that scene, because if you remember for Infinity War, the scene when most people went berserk in the theater was when Thor shows up in Wakanda, when they're starting to get their asses kicked. Um, oh, yeah. that You get chills when he lands, man. Oh, it's just fucking cool, man. Like, he comes blasting down. He's like, bring me Thanos. And then he just <laughs> jumps up in the air with the, the lightning. It's so fucking cool. And that scene <laughs> in Endgame, when all of a sudden Mjolnir goes whipping through the air and blasts Thanos, and then it goes back into the hand of Captain America, and Thor even blurts out. He goes, I knew it. So even he knew that at some yeah. point... Captain America is probably going to be able to wield that thing. Like I thought that that was super cool. So then this okay, so that that begs the question. The next question is what did Captain America what was the turning point do you think where Captain America suddenly became worthy? What did he do oh, man. to become worthy? See, I don't know because he's all I think like, I I think I think that it may have been when because that I, I want to get a picture of that final well it's not the final shot but it's when they've gone against Thanos, they're in the the like, Thanos has taken down the entire structure and they go against him and they ba he's basically knocked out everyone. And then Captain America stands up and it's just him against the entire yep. army and they're coming at him and he does exactly what Captain America would do. He's like, well, all right, I'm going to, it's that, it's that classic shot like Game of Thrones where he, um, Jack Snow pulls out his sword, even though the army's coming straight at him, one man against an army. And then, but he stands there for a decent amount of time by himself. Like, all right, he's, he's, he's a true warrior. He's a true hero. He, he's never going to give up. They're going to have to kill him. And then the, the, the Avengers show up through the, the portals behind him after he's decided he's, but he makes the decision. I will never stop fighting. You will have to kill me. I will, I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to run away. He's standing up against an entire army like, all right, I'm going to do my best and fucking die trying. I think that would be a moment where the universe says, all right, you're worthy. Pick up that fucking hammer. But the only problem is that came after the hammer. Oh, did it? Yeah, he because remember it's oh. it's it's Thor, it's Thor, Captain America, and Iron well, Man. Well, then what? Well, then tell me what? It, well, then what was it? What was it? What was the moment that when does he become worthy? I you, when does he become worthy? I don't I don't know because that you could pick so many other times when Captain America would be worthy to to wield this weapon. Um, you know, if if you think about all the way back into the you know the forties when he crashes the plane to save all those people, and then he ends up you know frozen in the ice. There's that moment. Um, I I don't know if it's one specific moment or if it's an accumulation where eventually it's like okay, this is when he's needed. Uh, this is when he needs to be able to wield it per se, rather than just one moment where he earned it. Because you know you look at the whole body of work of Captain America, and it's pretty stinking amazing. But I love the fact that they brought that in. Yeah, he's he's. He's. I think it's it's interesting that Captain America, which by the way, one of the best lines that, that that's America's ass. That's that's funniest. <laughs> but I know, right? But um, 
he's one of the only he's the only Avenger I think that doesn't ever waver. The rest of them have their moments of doubt. Whereas Captain America, I don't know of any scenes where you where Captain America goes, I'm not going to fight for what's right, or I'm going to like all of them when the, when the when the chips are down like thor has his moment uh tony stark every movie he has a moment where he's like why yeah. am i doing this why do we save the world when the world doesn't care about us and then the hulk is like this is too hard you know they all have their moments of like you know i i think i'm not strong enough captain america never has that moment where he says oh i don't think i'm strong enough he's always the guy who rallies the troops together he's the captain mm-hmm. you know and i i kind of th- i started to think like the fact that Ant-Man comes up to the door and Captain America is the first one, even though it's like you're talking about microcosmic time travel where you could turn where it could all go wrong and everyone could die. And also you could fuck up the timeline. And Captain America is the first one to say, all right, we've got to call everyone and get the gang back together. And he kind of rallies the troops. He's the one that gets the ball rolling because yep. he's the captain and he's the one that goes to Stark and he's the one that goes to everyone and, and, and rallies them up and then gives instructions, go and get Thor and do this and that. And, and he's kind of, he kind of brings the whole fight back together. And I kind of think that that, that action is what, like, to, to go back in, I mean, seriously, like, to go back in time and revisit Thanos and be like, yo, let's give this another shot. Yep. Like, he destroyed half the, he destroyed half the universe. Let's just try it again. Let's just give it another crack. Yeah, exactly. Give it another go. You know, no harm, no foul. We could just destroy the entire universe or maybe we'll win. Look at, like, you know, how Tony Stark reacted to when they first wanted to, uh, when they first had the idea, when Ant-Man shows up and he's like, hey, we can possibly go back in time to solve this thing. Tony Stark's first response is hell no. He's like, I've got a new life now. I've got my wife. I've got my kid. I've got my awesome cabin on the lake. In, in no way, shape or form do I need to do this. And then he ultimately ends up doing like he, like you said, yeah. he struggles with those decisions where with Captain America, that's just who he is. He doesn't struggle. He's, he always stays on that same exact yeah. path, which I think is pretty cool for Captain America, which I think might be one of those reasons why he's able to wield uh, Mjolnir at the uh, the end of the movie there. And you were saying, so if, if flash forward to this, I kind of, and my wife's horrible at this stuff. So obviously I saw the film with my wife. She has this thing, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Logan, okay? She does this every fucking movie that we go and see. It drives me insane. And she thinks it's funny after it happens, which is just sadistic. (laughs) But we'll go into a movie and you get to like, you know, the beginning of the second act and something will happen as it always does that kind of gives you an idea of where the story is heading. And I had not... I had purposefully not read any reviews or anything about Logan. All I had seen was the trailers and heard people say that it was an amazing movie. It's rated R. It's going to be badass. And I didn't know that it was the last Wolverine movie. I purposefully kept away from it because I wanted to really enjoy the movie. And we made a whole plan. We booked it a week in advance, get the babysitter, all the stuff. Go in there and somewhere in the first 30 minutes of the movie, she leans over and she goes, oh, that's right. He dies in this one. And I'm like, you fucking God. And I was like, I literally, I remember I, I, I turned to her instinctively and I said, what? And she instinctively said, oh no, no, I'm just guessing. Um, no, no, I, oh. Oh, and trying to like backtrack yeah, on she it. Tried to like, backtrack. Oh, no, I didn't just ruin this movie for you. So she did the exact same thing, even though. If you've been watching the Avengers movies and you know about Robert Downey Jr. and you know the fact that, you know, he's the oldest, like he's made more, he's been in more movies than anyone else has. He's made all the guest appearances. He's out of contract. It's the last movie. Probably a couple of them are going to die because it just makes sense or some of the stories have got to wrap up. And so you think, eh, you know, logically, if you haven't read anything and you don't know anything, my first thought was this would probably be a good time to kill off Iron Man. Yeah. Make him save the world and then he dies doing it and it would make sense. So before I went in, I kind of had that. But she still is there in the second act at some point and she goes, I bet Iron Man dies. And I turned to her, I said, shut the fuck up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop. Every movie we go and she does this. She she just instinctively, she's like, oh, I bet this happens. And then she's always right. And then now I know what's going to happen in the end of the film. And it makes me not want to go and see first time movies with her sometimes. Because I'm like, you just better keep your mouth shut. But she did the same thing 
with Iron Man. And I was luckily I prepared myself and I was like, yeah, maybe. So I didn't make a big deal about it. I was like, yeah, that might happen. So when it happened, ironically, I thought it was beautifully executed. I, everyone who I've talked to, every guy especially, is like, dude, I cried like such a bitch when Iron Man died. I cried for ages. I cried through the whole scene. I cried before he died because I knew it was coming. And I was right there and right at the moment, I swear to God, Brandon, right when he's like, he's clicked his fingers, it's all happened. He's resting against the rock. You know, Spider-Man comes up and then the white, and just when he's, they're doing that last speech and he's fading away and it's the death scene. What do I hear next to me? But, (coughs) 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 and she starts coughing really loud. The whole cinema is quiet. You could have heard a pin drop and she's coughing. And then she does that thing where she tries to choke the cough, which just makes it worse. And now she's coughing into her, (laughs) and now she's coughing repeatedly into her sweater. And it's Iron Man's dying. And all anyone can hear is, (coughs) 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 (coughs)
did she not die because she has to come back in Guardians. So where the hell did she go? Oh, man, I'm so glad you brought this up, which, by the way, I do have to make uh, so we don't sound completely stupid. Stupid. It's Ibombe. <laughs> Ibombe is what uh, Black Panther yells. And then the whole fucking army yells it like that was so you cool. You looked at it. Ibombe. 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 Wakanda forever. But then. Uh, so, OK, so here's my theory. Um, and there's a, a bunch of different theories out there. There are some theories that she did not get turned to ash. She just left. Um, like, so the, tw- the 2014 Gamora, it still exists. Like she's, she's still around in this current timeline. She just left the battle scene. But my theory, and this is, this goes pretty nerd on this one. So at the end of guardians of the galaxy two, they teased a character from the comic books named Adam Warlock. Yeah. Adam Warlock in the comic books, in the Infinity Gauntlet, and in the Infinity War series, plays a major role. Like he's basically the guy that really helps save the universe from Thanos and Thanos's snap of the fingers. Right. Um, but they've only teased it. But in the comic books, Adam Warlock lives inside the Soul Stone. That's how it starts out. He's actually inside the Soul Stone. So what I'm thinking they might do is if you remember when um, Bruce Banner went to the Ancient One to go get the Time Stone, and she's not going to give it to him, and then they have that whole conversation, and she kind of draws the timeline, and she's like, if you take one of these out, it it upsets everything. Yeah. She also explains that our entire universe is based on these six stones. So for Thanos to snap them out of existence would technically snap the universe out of existence. He can't get rid of them. So I have a feeling they still exist somewhere. And Adam Warlock is going to be that link to the Soul Stone. Because what I think happened when Thanos did the original snap, or uh, I'm sorry, not when he did the original snap, when he killed Gamora to get the Soul Stone, her soul is trapped inside the Soul Stone as well. And so they're going to have to somehow go get her that way. That's what I hope. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. It's a theory that I have. But then that would mean that that would mean that Black Widow's soul is in the Soul Stone as well. Exactly, which they could then bring her back. And and, and it would be a lot better because one of the things, too, that that would just be completely awful is, oh, well, we'll just go back in time and bring her back. Because even um, uh, the Hulk, Bruce Banner, said it. He, He says, when I had the gauntlet on and I was going to snap it. I tried to bring her back. I tried to bring her back. And I think I read that they actually, they covered that by when, what's the guy's name who, who protects the stone, the soul stone? Uh, It's Red Skull. The Red Skull, he actually says, he makes a point of saying an eternal, uh, a soul for a soul, an eternal sacrifice. Yep. Which, because they say an eternal sacrifice, it's like, you can go back and forward in time all you want, but this is, this is set. This is now done. This is concrete. Yeah, this, this is, is this happened. is this exactly. is like you know this is beyond the cosmic realm. The soul stone takes it and it's like it's gone and it's an eternal sacrifice. I think that's why they made a point of saying that so that they couldn't just be like, yo, snap your fingers and bring it back. And see, that's one thing I thought that they did an incredible job of was shoring up the the because anytime you have time travel in a movie, it can really host things up. And I've known some people who just are not fans of it all. They oh, yeah. they think it's lazy writing. They don't like the fact that, you know, they're using time travel as a some sort of a plot device to come back. I thought they did an incredible job of being able to kind of not not only use that to to go back and get the stones, but to also make it so it's not so simple as, oh, well, let's like they they even bring it up in the movie where they ask, why don't we just go back and kill baby Thanos? And they explain, like, you you can't do that. That's not how it works. Because when you go into yeah, the yeah. past, like Terminator. that's now, like, that will be your future. So when you go there, that's now your present. And now- I think it's great. It's actually, when you think about it, it it's genius writing. It really is kind of genius writing to explain how time travel works in films and also in this particular film by debunking several other amazingly successful time travel films. Because it cuts to the chase real quick. Yeah. How they kept poking how they kept poking yeah. it, like back to the future. And he's like, and so because like he's that. like, if yeah. you go back, you're not gonna meet an alternate version of yourself. It, it it'll be from a different timeline or you will have changed the timeline. And they explain why you can, because then Captain America fights himself and it's like, yeah, but it's still the same timeline because of the way they set up the stones. And then when they do that, and, and it makes, but in bringing it back around, it makes perfect sense when you have that scene with um, the Hulk where he takes the, 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 the stone out of the timeline 
and it rifts, it ripples into a new timeline. And he says, but if we bring them back to the exact moment that we got them. So basically she would have handed in the stone and then a second later, Captain America would have come back with the stone and said, thanks for the stone. Here it is again. We took care of everything. It's all done. And that's what she would have seen. That's what they're explaining. Yep. But the question is, so they brought all of the stones back to the exact moment that they were taken. So they would have had to return the soul stone as well. Yep. And, but then the, the, the thing is that, that leaves all the doors wide open because the souls, all of the stones are where they already were. So the souls, the, all, it's not the soul stones, the, 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 all of the infinity stones are where they were when the movie started. So you can kind of take it anywhere. Like you can, that they've really left it wide open. I'm going to segue for a second. When the last battle sequence, because I'm, because I love, I'm, I'm remembering all this stuff. When the last sequence was happening. Okay. Remember when the last action sequence was happening and <clears throat> Thanos says rain fire. And basically they point all the guns down and they just start shooting everyone because Thanos is starting to lose. Yeah. And then suddenly the guns pull up and they start shooting into the clouds. Yeah. And that, that, that one I thought was Did pretty simple. Did you know simple. who was yeah, coming? The second the guns pointed up, I was like, here Immediately? comes Captain Marvel. Really? I took me, it wasn't until right before she appeared, I was like, whoa, where are they shooting? How do they know it's an enemy? And then I was like, who else isn't there who can fly? Who's like a Marvel Superman? Oh, it's Captain Marvel. And then she flies through the ship and destroys, just blows the shit away. But one of my favorite moments was when Thanos punches her in the face and she just takes it like it's nothing. Oh yeah. This is dope. So dope. I love Captain Marvel. And so really quick, going back to the to the um all the different uh infinity stones, the one thing that I think they could definitely yeah, yeah, do yeah. with as well, because they're working on a Loki series, I believe, with Tom Hiddleston. And one of the things like that, a like a what, Netflix series? Um I well it's, it wouldn't be Netflix because everything's moving to Disney Plus. Cause remember you got the whole Disney streaming service that's coming out uh towards the end of twenty nineteen. Um so right. what would be great or something that, okay, so I, I want to say great because one of the things that I hope that they don't do is that they just start creating all these alternate realities. So it's like, oh, well, we can do a storyline over here in this alternate reality. Because, I mean, it's what they've kind of done in the comic books. I understand why they need to do it in the comic books. It's easy to follow in the comic books. I just don't want them to do it with TV shows and movies. Like, I would rather things be more concrete. But the one thing that they could very easily do right now, which would be kind of cool, that I'd really be willing to concede to is if you remember, he technically got his hands on the Tesseract and zapped out in the one timeline. In that one reality, when they went back to go get the Tesseract and they technically failed, and when Tony and that's when Tony and uh, Steve Rogers go back to 1970 because they're like, we need to not only find the Tesseract, but we also need to find Pym Particles in order to get back to 2000, uh, whatever the, the, the current date is during Endgame, uh, 2023, I believe. Um, or 20, right. 2023, 2023, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so, um, that could be something that they might use for the, uh, the TV show for Loki is that it's that Loki that like disappeared right there. And then it's all the stuff that he gets into at that point as well. Yeah. Because he, he's dead. He's, he is dead in the, the, the normal timeline because Thanos kills him in Infinity War. He's choked out. Yeah, he, he got choked. He, 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 yeah, he choked to death by Thanos. He died legitimately. So they can't really bring him back in that click. So, yeah, that makes sense. And I forgot about that, actually. I forgot about the fact. But you're right. But here's the thing. That's where time travel stuff gets weird for me because if, for example, they were on the same... Let's say they're on the same time. No, they would have got... See, it's weird. This is where it gets weird. You're just going to make your head hurt, man. Yeah. You're just going to make But if head they go... Hurt. But just like, give me a second. Give me a second to figure this out. Because if they go back in time on the same timeline, they take the Tesseract in... It's, I think it's 1940s or something when Captain America was made, right? In that... Because they got all the old cars and stuff. It's like 1940 or 1950 or whatever it was. So they've got that. They take the Tesseract and this, the time travel juice that they need to get back... They take the Tesseract. So doesn't that mean that the Tesseract would have been gone in that scene when Loki gets it and sucks into a different universe or wherever he goes? 
Yeah, it is gone. So he wouldn't have had it. So he wouldn't have been able to grab it and get sucked into it. So then that means that that wouldn't have happened and that that debunks your idea. But see, that's where the alternate timelines comes into play. And they're talking about different realities and the fact that that's why they were trying to explain where they're like, well, why don't we just go back and kill baby Thanos and it will take care of everything. And they try to explain that's not how this works. And I think that that's that was what they were alluding to there. And when you have a three hour movie already and trying to explain the whole time travel thing even more, yeah, I, I, I think it would have bogged it down. I was fine with it. I do know some people who had problems with the you know timelines and time travel, and they're not fans with it, and that's fine. I mean, if that if you don't like it, that's perfectly fine. You're more than welcome to your own opinion. I didn't have an issue with it. I thought it was brilliantly written. I loved how they went back in time. We got to see moments of them in different areas um, of things that we had seen in the past. And then bringing that back to life to solve this problem, I thought. I think the way they were able to wrap up so many of the time of of the characters' lives, like the way that they they like uh, Tony Stark got to meet his dad and say thanks, Mm -hmm. and um, you know Captain America gets to you know fulfill the job, put the put all the Infinity Stones back, and then hit back to nineteen, go live his life and have and have his life, which he's very much earned by this point, and so he almost lived two lives. And, and you, and like, you get to, it's very satisfying. And, but it it begs the question, do you think that there is or ever could be a time travel movie that doesn't break at least one rule? Because, because it's, it's, it's theoretically, well, theoretically impossible, but not impossible, but like, when you go back, the whole thing of like timelines and changing the future and all that sort of stuff, there's so many questions about it that will never be answered, at least in our lifetime. There's a, they're, they're a loophole. I, I mean, every time travel movie, there's something you can poke at. You can poke a loophole at it and be like, ah, that didn't quite add up. There's, yeah. And there is there, there are a couple in this one, but you just don't care because it's a really well-made movie. You kind of got to just give in to the time travel vibe and just you know just like just go with the mumbo jumbo of whatever this movie says is yeah and that's one of the reasons why like i liked it that they they tackled the subject because you know you had scott lang ant-man saying you know all these different things you know we can't interact with our our past selves and we can't do this and we can't do this and tony stark looks at him he's like you know are you trying to tell me that your knowledge like you guys want to do this but your knowledge of time travel is based on movies is basically what he says. Yeah, back to that. Uh, so I, I, I like perfect. that they brought that up because time travel can be very confusing. There's always like there's always going to be something that you can look at to poke a hole in and be like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever there. But I thought that the the way that they tackled it in Endgame was was pretty brilliant. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought that they did a great job of was like the callbacks and stuff. Like you want to talk about um, at the very beginning of the movie. When they go and like, when they all of a sudden they realize, hey, this planet just had this same sort of power source erupt at this, you know, just like when Thanos snapped his fingers on Earth. So we basically know Thanos is on this planet now. So they go out there, they realize that the stones are gone. He snapped them away, which I still don't think you can get rid of them that easy. I don't think they completely dissipated. I honestly think they're still around somewhere. But Thor cuts off his head. Rocket looks at him and he's like, what did you do? And Thor's response is, I went for the head, which is a callback to Infinity War. But there's some other ones that are some really, really like longer ones. There's the callback to Age of Ultron when they were talking about, I mean, Tony brings this up at the very beginning of the movie after he gets saved. And he says, I told you guys, we needed a security blanket. We, we needed something surrounding this place because we were, you know, the, the bigger threat was out there. And you guys told me no because it was going to, um, you know, because it was going to infringe on our freedoms. And basically he's saying, I was right. You guys were wrong. You should have allowed me to do that. And that is the scene from Age of Ultron. But the other part of that scene from Age of Ultron is he makes the comment, we can bust smugglers and thieves all we want. He goes, but up there, and he points to the sky, he goes, that up there is the end game, which of course, you know, brings us right up to, you know, Avengers Endgame, which I thought was a brilliant, a brilliant callback to, or actually foreshadowing, I should say, on that part for uh, yeah. Avengers yeah. Age of Ultron. Dude, did the, by the way, did the cheeseburgers thing make you choke up a little bit? Yeah. At the very end that, of the that's, movie? That got you, really. Well, because it, it goes back to, because that's a callback. Because if you remember from the first Iron Man, 
when he first gets yeah, saved. The, fir- the first thing, yeah, when he gets back, the first thing he asks for is a, 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 a an American cheeseburger, an American cheeseburger, yeah, and yeah. then. And then, and then at his funeral, when it's his kid Morgan and Happy, and he asks if she's hungry, and she's like, "I want a cheeseburger," and he's like, "Your dad liked cheeseburgers." And you're like, "Oh fuck, that's a callback to Iron Man One." And <laughs> he said, "Like, ah, oh, that sucks." <laughs> I think, I think one of the one of the most tear jerking moments for me, and probably now because I'm a dad, was when the the fact that they made Gwyneth Paltrow's moment with Tony Stark like three sentences, like so short, so poignant was when she i'm getting choked up as i'm remembering it right now but when she just said we'll be okay yeah like you know what he's thinking you know you know all the shit that must have been running through his head like i didn't have to do this i had a perfectly good life i'd be there with my wife and kid right now and i'd be happy and the world would have just kept on doing whatever it was doing but i had to go and try to save it again um and now i'm di- now i'm i'm dying and what's going to happen to my wife and kid and she knows all the shit going through his head which every good woman would know about their husband and and she just says we'll be fine yeah she tells yeah go. she tells she goes you can rest you can rest now you can rest me. she says we'll we'll be okay so she says everything he needs to hear because she just knows she knows him because they love each other and and that's what love is. She wants him to go yeah. in peace. She doesn't want him yeah. to go worried. And that's the thing that really, that was what got me. When she said that, I was like, oh my God. She she barely said anything. Yeah. She said like, because she, she there's nothing you can say. Everything is as it was supposed to be. She's just got to deal with it. And so, and she was, and the fact that like, because I've, I've always been like that too. You have this moment where when you see someone going through distress, regardless of how intense it is, whether it's life or death or just, you know, a, a, some sort of distress, you automatically put on your big boy pants and you go up and you 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 be strong for them and you 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 keep it together while they're breaking down and then after it's finished you go and you have your moment afterwards and you can be weak because you had to be strong for them yep and so when she's strong for him and then finally the light goes out and then she breaks down like it was so there was so much humanity in that scene i was like god Damn it! This is choking me up. Yeah, the one thing like that, it was just it it wasn't didn't feel like a movie. It didn't feel like overwritten or overplayed. It was really real. The one thing that also got me too was when he kind of had that hologram where he gave his little speech before they went to go tackle it, and that's what they were playing back at his funeral. And he gets up and he goes yeah. to turn it off, and he just looks up and he goes, "I love you, three thousand. Yeah, because that's what his kid told him early in the movie. He's like, "Oh man, that one gets you right yeah. in the feels, yeah. dude. That, it's, like that'll that'll get the you." The whole thing was really pretty perfectly written that's why i'd love to go and see it again before it's out of this i need to go and see it it's again. definitely man i'm telling you i've seen it twice go see it again the other thing that i really like that with the whole iron man story arc is you know you think back to that very first iron man movie he was selfish he was a playboy he was making weapons i mean he true like he had full circle one of the uh most uh, outrageous arcs in storylines as from where he started as a character, like who he was as a human being to the end, because he made that ultimate sacrifice. Because you remember, he asked Doctor Strange back in Infinity War, when Doctor Strange's head's you know, geeking out and stuff, and they asked him, what are you doing? He goes, I ran through all the scenarios of how this thing can end. It was 14 million, I think it was 14 million 605. Yeah. <laughs> and they asked him, how many are we successful? And he goes, one. Yeah. And then when they get into Endgame and they have the battle going on, Tony asks him during the battle, he says, is this the one? Is this where we win? And Doctor Strange says, if I tell you how it happens, it's not going to happen. So then it keeps playing out. But then when you get to that final moment when Thanos, after he's knocked Captain Marvel away and he's still got that new gauntlet, the Iron Man gauntlet on his hands, and he's getting ready, Tony looks at Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange is holding up one finger to kind of let him know this is that one chance. This is our one chance to have victory in this scenario. Hmm. And Tony jumps at it without a beat, full well knowing he's not going to survive this. Yeah, He jumps up, he gets all the stones, and he just does, I am Iron Man, and <laughs> snaps his fingers. I was like, that's fucking awesome! <laughs> yeah, <coughs> I agree. It was... When he said, I am, he goes, I, what does he say? I am inevitable. What does Thanos say? Yeah, because he he said that twice. He said that, Thanos said that twice in the movie. He said it earlier on. And then he says it right there where he thinks he's got the glove, the gauntlet with the stones. And he goes, I am inevitable. Yeah. 
And then he snaps his finger. Nothing there's nothing happens. happens. And then it pans. And then it pans over to you didn't um, Iron Man, but you didn't Iron you Man. didn't think that was a little cheesy when he turns and he just says, "I am Iron Man." Like I thought that might be a little cheese. I thought it was perfectly capping it off. I because that that was the Iron Man swagger. That's Tony Stark's swagger. Like he's not gonna have that moment without saying that. And that puts a perfect bookend on it too, because it, you know, yeah, he's, go back to the first Iron Man movie when he's doing that press conference and he flat out says it. He's like, I am Iron Man. And then it creates this whole uproar. And that's what really sparks off this whole thing. Which brings me to the final thing we can get to here because we're running out of time. Right. But where do we think the MCU is going to go from here? Because for the past 11 years We've kind of had an idea, which first and foremost, we have to give major props to not only Robert Downey Jr. for his job with Iron Man, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, and everybody that was involved with that first movie, but also to Jon Favreau, the guy that directed the first Iron Man, because if that first Iron Man movie stinks... There's no. We don't have any of yeah, this. Yeah, we don't have any universe. None yeah. of this has happened. And then also, and then also, Kevin Feige, like one of the guys that was really behind a lot of this stuff. You've got other guys who were involved. You've got James Gunn who was involved. You got the uh, the Russo brothers who directed you know multiple movies in this series. But if you really think about it, John Favreau is the guy that you have to look to and be like, and be like thank you because without that movie. None of this exists whatsoever. Because if you do a bad job in that movie, there's no way they're doing a second one. There's no way they're doing Thor. There's no way that they're doing any of these other movies. But the problem we're at now, and this is where it sucks being kind of a nerd fan, uh, we have Game of Thrones ending right around the same time that this Infinity Saga has come to an end in the theaters. And then at the end of this oh year- God, what are we going to do with our lives? Star- what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and then coming, hold on, but then coming up at the end of the year, it's with Star Wars, you've got the Skywalker saga coming into oh, it. Yeah. Like, these are massive things that have taken years. So we have these, so we have these three massive events that are occurring this year. That are all ending. I love the, <laughs> I love the way that you call them massive events. Like there are there are wars happening all over the world, people suffering in Syria, and you're like, we have these massive events coming. I'm like, no, they're just. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I what, know I what I mean. mean. I'm talking but about these. So intense. I'm talking about them in the sense that these are th- these are things that have developed over multiple multiple years. I mean, if you want to talk about the MCU, that was over an 11 year span. If you want to talk about Game of Thrones, that's been almost a decade. If you want to talk about uh, you know Star Wars, that's been uh, 42 years in the making at this point. If you want to go back to the original movie, but the thing with the MCU at this point, we don't know which direction they're going to go. One of the theories that I have heard is that they're now moving on from the original Avengers trio, which was Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man. So they're moving on from that. And then now what they're going to do is because you know they're going to make a Black Panther 2. You know they're going to make a Captain Marvel 2. You've got another Spider-Man movie coming out. And they still are working on a Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which I hope they do go with my Adam Warlock Soulstone theory on that one. Right. So they could end up making multiple movies here and then kind of doing something similar. But then they would need to introduce a new big bad guy because we had Thanos for this one. And I think a good one to bring in if they were able to, would be um, Dr. Doom. Oh, If they could do yeah. it right. I mean, they've butchered him before, but if they could do it right. Oh, and I, I also completely just skipped right over Dr. Strange as well. they got to do a second Dr. Strange. Oh, they haven't done. So there's a lot of yeah, things. Lot. That, and also, are they going to make a Hulk movie? They never made a Hulk movie. Well, th- there's one that's technically in this MCU, and it was the one with Edward Norton. Nah, that doesn't count. So that's, that's te- but it's technically in this timeline. Um, like they, like they count it as a part of the MCU. I could see them doing a separate Hulk movie now that he's kind of professor Hulk where you get the best of both worlds. You've got the Bruce Banner brain, but you've got the Hulk brawn. You know what I mean? Nah, but that's, that's the whole, the whole Hulk story is the conflict between Bruce Banner and Hulk. That's the story. The story isn't really as much about the bad guy. But if that's the route (laughs) that they're going to go, then I don't, I don't know if they they would be able to really go back, uh, on that. So I don't, I don't think the Hulk movie would would be coming. I could see him popping up in other movies, kind of like how he popped up in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, totally. Um, like he was a great supporting yeah, yeah. character in that one. Um, but so I like that's one of the theories. And then another part too, there was a new comic that was released just last year and it was called As Guardians of the Galaxy. And Thor makes that comment. Oh, yeah. He makes that comment. That foreshadows yeah, so that. When they're in, well, but the thing is, 
It depends on when the movie was written and when the comic came out. So did the comic come out knowing that the movie had that line in it, or is the movie uh, kind of foreshadowing the, the potential to go down that road of the comics? Now, in the comics, it's not Thor with the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's not what it is. But I thought that was a pretty cool thing when he was like, as Guardians of the Galaxy, when he's sitting there talking to Star-Lord stuff. I thought that would be... I really hope they bring back Thor and they continue down the Thor path with the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that would be awesome. Do you think that anyone's ever going to be able to look at Chris Hemsworth and not just call him Thor for the rest of his career? Oh, no, he's Thor. Because it's such a... He's Thor. Like, Robert Downey Jr. was Robert Downey Jr. before Iron Man, but Chris Hemsworth was... came out as Thor. You know? So, like... I mean, I think if he does... I mean, he could still obviously have a pretty solid career doing other things. And, he, you know, I, I I don't think he's going to be pigeonholed into Thor, but I'm always going to see him yeah. as Thor. But then you also look at Robert Downey Jr., who he's, he, I mean, he's been around for, you know, ages at this point. I'm going to see him as Iron Man. You will? You know? That's funny because I, yeah, I'll always see him as Robert Downey Jr. because he did Chaplin and he did... Uh, what? I mean, God, he was in so many great movies before. He did um, Weird Science. Weird Science, for God's sake. And he did Hearts and Souls. And he was great in everything that he did before he did Iron Man. And the heroin and the jail time. And then coming back and doing Sherlock Holmes. and Yeah, he did Sherlock Holmes as well. Yeah, yeah. You but see, okay, so that's, so that's the thing is like, okay, so I, I take it back. Like, I don't see him particularly as only Iron Man. Uh, but like, if when I envision his roles, I will see him as Iron Man. If that makes yeah. more sense. When they, when they, when they finally, you know, years and years and years down the track, when he passes and they do the memorial, they say best known for his role as Iron Man. They always do that thing when actors die. They say best yeah. known for his role as X Y Z. But for for me, I'm like, if you met a person who didn't know the Mar- didn't know movies that well and didn't know that the name of the actor who plays Thor is Chris Hemsworth, if you were like, you know, Chris Hemsworth, and they're like. No, which one was he? Thor. Oh, Thor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah, they're, they're, like saying. he's always, yeah, he's always going to be like Thor is going to overshadow unless he does some Academy Award winning performance, which maybe he's maybe he has in the works and will be in his future. I think he could. He's he's shown a ton of range because if you think about it, the first couple of Thor movies were very dark, very dramatic. But when they brought in the comedy aspect with Thor Ragnarok, he was definitely very comedic in Infinity War and even more comedic in Endgame. Um, I think Chris Hemsworth, he's got the chops to be able to do something like that. But um, yeah, I, he's 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 going to be Thor. Well, Men, Men in Black. Yeah. Men in Black is coming out and that looks like it's going to be a really good action comedy. So I think that'll be a good barometer of because now uh, whatever happens with Thor, it's not going to be as eventful. It's not going to be based around Thor. Thor will probably be making guest appearances in other people's movies like Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. They're not going to make another Thor or Avengers movie where Thor is a primary character. So he's going to start to get worked out of those movies if he's not just worked out. I mean, he'll probably be making a couple of appearances as Thor because he ain't dead well, and yeah, he's like I mean, such he's a god. amazing character. But he's got to, but he's going to find, he's got, Chris Hemsworth's going to have to find either, I mean, it would be great if he found the new series, like a new movie series where they did three of some other character like they did with the Indiana Jones thing or you know, some other series, movie series. The problem is that I hate reboots most of the time. I'd hate it if they did like a new Indiana Jones or something and they're like, yeah, Chris Hemsworth's going to do Indiana Jones for three movies because we're rebooting it. I'm like, mm-hmm. fucking Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. Love Chris Hemsworth, but don't do it. Don't start to shove other actors into seminal roles like that. But Men in Black will be really where we find out if he's got, if he's got much of a I don't know. I don't. I don't. I feel bad saying it because he's an Aussie, but I. At the same time, yep. he's kind of like one of the biggest stars in the world. There's almost nowhere else for him to go but down. It's like uh, to go even further up from this. He's gonna. It's, it's a big. That's a big deal. That's a big save to go even further than he's gone with the Avengers series. I think as long as he's making movies that. You know, as long as he's making movies that are good that he enjoys doing, then I think that you know it's perfectly fine. I don't think it's necessarily uh, going down because for any of these actors that are involved in these movies, you're, it's going down. I mean, this is the biggest movie of all time, and for the foreseeable future, the only thing that I could even remotely see coming close to it is when Star Wars wraps up at the end of this year. And I don't even know if that's going to be big enough nah. to topple. I don't Endgame. think Star Wars. Like, is I, I think Endgame, Endgame was huge. I think. I think. Star Wars, but then again, man, when that first trailer for Star Wars came out, 
and you heard the Emperor laugh at the end, that got a lot of Star Wars fans to, to say, holy shit, where's this thing going? Mm. Because to bring the Emperor back um, in whatever role he's going to be playing in the plot line is pretty, pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. But I do, th- I, I just, I'm just going to go on record as saying I would place my bet on that Endgame is going to hold the title. I think I would, yeah, the same for me where I, I, my money would be on Endgame still having the top spot as the, uh, you know, highest grossing movie. And I don't think anything's, I don't think anything's going to come close for a while. You're, I mean, they, because Endgame is a result of 11 years worth of setup and work yep. and 11 years worth of garnering MCU fans and then finally giving them everything they asked for. Like, that's, that's a, your end game was a long game. They played long game on that. It was to set it up. And it was the ultimate payoff. And it was, it was the ultimate and payoff. It was, it was and a it was, brilliantly done movie. Yeah, and everyone knows it. So I don't, 1.2 billion in the first weekend. That's insane. That's, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Like, you're never going to, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be, but I think it's a good point to wrap up on. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say is that we're, uh, we're running long here. But if you want to check out the blogs that I've posted, uh, go to, uh, it's the morning show that I do. It's buzzadamsshow.com is the website. Type in Avengers. You'll see the things you probably missed in Avengers Endgame. And then I also have some videos up there, some callbacks that they did in Avengers Endgame as well. Of course, if you have any questions for us, for Rockstar 101, you can always hit up Shim on Twitter. It's at Shimmore. That's S-H-I-M-M-O-O-R-E. I do have to say that you being uh, down in Australia, being Australian, and Chris Hemsworth being Australian, you need to be on a mission to get him on our podcast because it's a life goal of mine <laughs> that I need to uh, I need to meet him at some point. Um, I, need, okay. I, I need to interview okay. that man. So that's your job being an Australian. Yeah. You're down there. I can totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Yeah, there's only like there's only like five or ten of us in Australia it's, it's, at any one time. It's, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's I'll just you give him a call. two and then like a bunch of snakes and alligators, right? I mean, that's all that's down there, right? Exactly. I, totally I fucking, ignorant, ignorant. I what? Sorry, I didn't say. <laughs> all right. So anyway, so all right. what, something that we, okay, so really quick before we wrap this one up, something that we teased a while ago, like this was in an episode. A month and a half ago. Oh, oh, like, yeah, I, I think even longer than that. Uh, but we teased. Talking about grunge, the big four, which would be Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and Alice in Chains, you also wanted to talk a little bit of Chris Cornell. So I'm going to tease that now because coming up, not next episode, because if you remember, we got flip-flopped here. So the next episode is going to be um, all about uh, parenting, actually. It's a conversation that Shim and I have about parenting, uh, you know, when to do certain things, should you say something in certain situations, yada, yada, yada. That's coming up in the next when, episode. When do you pick up someone else's kid and put him against the wall because he messed with your kid? When's the appropriate time it, to hit exactly. a that's all stu- <laughs> that's all stuff. That's all stuff that we cover in this next episode. But in two episodes from now, I'm teasing this now, where I want to get to the topic of grunge with you. I want to know um, like how that was down in Australia at that time. I want to get into all of that, that that whole topic of grunge and Chris Cornell and all that stuff on the way. But before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to plug? Um, we got your Twitter out there at Shim Moore S H I M M O O R E. Nah, man, go to the go to the website. Go to shimmusic.com. Everything else you need to know is there. If you go to shim s h i m music. dot com, and uh, all the socials are there. All the latest news, the videos. Check it out, and most importantly. Crucified's out doing its thing. Uh, it's still it's number twenty five this week on Active Rock Radio. So just call all your stations and request it. Make sure you put in a call or or request online at your local station so that they know you want to hear it and keep it up in the charts. And I'll be seeing you soon on tour as soon as we book the next round of shows. But until then, it's been fun, and I'll we'll see you next week. And hopefully we didn't ramble too much, and you were able to follow all of our uh, theories when it came to Avengers and our thoughts. But on that note, class dismissed. 